Welcome to the final episode of the Cross-Border Interviews Flashback Week. Uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in this week. We have another great episode today. Uh, Usually when you're a reporter, you are trying to hound politicians to call you back. This gentleman didn't do that. He called our newsroom to say, hey, does a reporter want to chat? And that was in 2013. And in 2014, throughout the year, I just kept on calling him up and he was glad to chat. This is Alberta Senator Doug Black. We knew each other for a year only over the phone and we chatted it probably about five or six times. So in 2014, at the end of the year, I wanted to get his reaction. I wanted to get his reaction about how the year went for him in the Senate. So, I hope you enjoy the last episode of the Cross-Border Interviews Flashback Week, featuring Doug Black. Well, it's always nice to hear your voice, and I appreciate you reaching out very much. So, Hey, no, greatly appreciate it for you even to take the time to give a call back to the, the Lloydminster source. Uh, I know you probably have important things to do in Ottawa and back here in Alberta. Well, uh, we don't want to overstate it. The most important thing is that I connect with Albertans, and you're helping me with that, so I appreciate it. Hey, no problem. So let, let's just get right into this quick interview. Um, Senator Black, how did this year go for yourself in the Senate? It's been a tremendous year. In preparing for this interview, I reviewed all that's gotten done this year, and it was a busy one. But, you know, as an elected senator, it's pretty clear my responsibility is to be a senator to represent Albertans. So I focused principally on two items this year, doing what I could to help bring to the attention of the federal government that the temporary foreign workers program is not working for Alberta. And as recently as today, I'm still on that file. I wish I could report I'm making progress, but uh, at this moment I can't, but certainly we are moving the issues forward to ensure that uh, Ottawa understands that the temporary foreign workers program is punishing Alberta. Now, are you making traction on that? Uh, listen, I, I'm an optimist, so I'm going to say yes, I am, but I'm not making this, the traction that I was hoping as quickly as I was hoping I would. There is a real reluctance to move this file forward um, for reasons I don't understand. I'll be real honest with you, Chris. However, having said that, everywhere I traveled in Alberta this summer, and I traveled thousands of kilometers again this summer, that's all I heard about was the Temporary Foreign Workers Program and how it's penalizing Albertans. So my job is to represent that. And I'll also say that Premier Prentice and Minister McIver are doing a tremendous job of trying to advance this file as well. And we're all optimists. So Alberta should be confident that we're optimists and we're doing what we can to correct this problem. Hmm. So that's really the first thing. The second thing, of course, is hours of every day, literally hours of every day I spend on the energy file. We must ensure that we get our oil and our gas to international markets. We all know the problems, and certainly with the price of energy, uh, price of oil falling, the problems are getting even more dramatic for Alberta. We must be able to get our heavy oil, our oil, and our gas to markets other than the U.S., which means infrastructure, which means pipelines. 
and it's a complicated problem, but I've been spending a great deal of time throughout the year in meetings, in visits, in meeting with Aboriginal groups, in meeting with environmental groups, writing op-eds, speaking at five or six forums in Canada and the U.S., making sure that people understand, and Canadians understand outside Alberta, that this matters to Canadian prosperity. Yes, it's important to Alberta, but it's just as important to Canada. And I'm doing what I can, and I'm going to continue doing what I can, actually more aggressively in 2015, to share with Canadians what this means. If we don't get this right, we're just not going to enjoy the prosperity going forward that we have in the past. Now, there was a few uh, uh, sort of... uh big moments in the Senate this year with the Supreme Court uh, Supreme Court coming down with yep. the ruling. Um, looking back on this year, um, do you see any growth in the changes to how senators are appointed or if they will be elected at some point? Or is this now a dead issue because of what the Supreme Court came down with earlier in this year? I can tell you what's happening there. As you know from our conversations before, I have a seven-point plan for Senate revival. Unfortunately, here in Ottawa, things don't move like they move in Alberta. (laughs) They just don't move the same way. But I will tell you we are making progress. Just just today, I had a session on... um, a communications plan for the Senate and a broadcasting. I believe the Senate should be televised. And my, I gotta say, you gotta have the patience of Job. Things move like a glacier, but the glacier is moving. The Supreme Court said, look, this, the Senate's not going anywhere. So what we are doing and what I'm trying to take some leadership on is we have to reform ourselves. So. Again, it's a slow process, but I believe that we will see in 2015 some changes to make the Senate a little more open, a little more transparent, and a little bit more effective communicator with Canadians. That's what I'm pushing for, and uh, I wish I could tell you, the, I, you know, I've pushed it over the line. I haven't, but I'm making progress. Well, let's just briefly speak about your seven-point plan. This is this has been one of these plans that you, we mentioned last year in our year in review, uh, and I think even before that too. Um, this seven-point plan. How far along have you come on this in the almost two years that you know, is it almost two years they've been in office? Two years. Two years this February. Two years. How, well, how are you coming along? I'll tell you. So there's there's seven there's seven points, and I don't have it in front of me right now. But there are two that have not been accomplished. Others. We have, we've made some real progress on. As you know, I was the first senator to post online all my expenses. Now that's considered practice by not only senators but MPs. I have done a number of things around transparency, which have now been uh, followed by other senators. However, I have not as yet been successful on two things. The big one is I believe the Senate should be broadcast, as I've said to you. I gave a statement today in the Senate on the importance of charitable giving in Canada. I gave a statement last week on the importance of the LNG, liquefied natural gas industry, to Alberta. None of this gets communicated unless we communicate it ourselves, which of course we do, but it should be communicated. The Senate is the only parliament in the Western world which is not broadcast. And like I shake my head, I do not get it, but uh, we're in sort of Senate bureaucracy world now. I believe we will see progress in 2015. 
that's, so that that's outstanding, but I'm on it. And in fact, I'm on a committee of three senators to try and move it forward. Who are the other two senators? The other we... two senators, let me just pause for a second. Asking the tough question. Uh, no, that's a fair question. Senator Mitchell yep. from Edmonton, Grant Mitchell from Edmonton, who's a big proponent, and Senator Green from Nova Scotia, who's also a big proponent. Okay. But I will tell you, not all senators believe that we're on the right track here. Not all senators believe it should be broadcast. Don't ask me why, but I'm working with them one at a time to try and convince them that, you know, not to be rude in any way, but it is almost 2015, and the whole world is communicated and linked and open. So why aren't we? Yeah. But again, I repeat, things don't work here in Ottawa like they work in Alberta or Saskatchewan. It's a little bit slower. But I'm a patient man, and I'm a dog with a bone, and I'll keep on it. The other point that I want achieved, and I think will be achieved but hasn't been yet, it's a technical matter, but it's an important matter. On our internal audit committees, I believe we should have some independent auditors. Currently, it's just now senators, all senators. I think we should have you know, somebody from Edmonton, somebody from Regina, or whatever. We need independent auditors because, if, A, it's a best practice, and B, you get a better result haven't achieved that yet, but I'm told we're on, in line to get that done. So maybe when we're talking this time next year, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Now, I wouldn't be a true journalist without asking the hard-hitting question. Um, the Senate went through a bit of a controversy this year with yep. three of the senators. Yep. Um, what's your view on what happened this year in that regard? And moving into 2015, has the Senate worked out the issues that surrounded the three senators who were suspended this year? Okay, a couple of things on that, and it's a great question. Uh, arising from that, we, we, the Senate, requested that the Auditor General of Canada uh, come in and audit every senator. Uh, you can just imagine, and your listeners can just imagine, if anyone asked the Auditor their auditor or Revenue Canada or the Auditor General of Canada to come in and audit stand by every financial expenditure a senator has made over a two-year period. Now, was that the right decision? I mean, we can have a conversation about that at some point, but it is the decision. So this is taking, there, there are now 40 or 50 auditors on this file, and it, it will cost Canadians millions of dollars. I personally think it was not the right decision. I think there should have been spot audits. If, there's a, if there were senators with certain practices that internal finance would know about, they should have been audited. But, for example, I was audited. I was only eligible for two months of the period. But I would say in my office we would have spent 50 to 60 hours of time preparing for, meeting with, explaining things to the auditor. Not good use of my time, not what Albertan sent me to Ottawa for. Nonetheless, that report will come out sometime in 2015, and there will be some bumps. There's just no doubt there will be some bumps in there. In terms of the three senators in question, we can't act yet because there's been no criminal determination. Senator Duffy is set for trial sometime this winter. I think Senator Brazo is maybe in 16, and we have no information on Senator Wallen. So until the courts determine, because, I mean, in, in this country, you are innocent until you're proven guilty. And until these senators are found that they have done something criminal, um, you know, 
They're not automatically suspended from the Senate. We will have a hard conversation if they're found to be not guilty, and then the question becomes, are they readmitted to the Senate? That will be a, a hard debate. Now, let's look into the future now. We're coming to a close on 2014. For the Senate, what does 2015 hold? We've spoken briefly about some of the things that you want to bring forward, yep. but is there anything on a uh, on a scale of the full Senate that you want to accomplish and your the, your uh, fellow colleagues want to accomplish in 2015 that you want to make sure people know? You bet. What I want to do, and I've been working hard on it, and I'm feeling pretty optimistic about it, is I want my colleagues the other senators who are here to understand the fundamental importance of energy to the Canadian economy. Because all of the senators are very influential folks wherever they live across Canada. So I am working with them uh, individually, through my committees, through statements in the Senate, to convert every one of my colleagues, both liberals and conservatives, to be advocates for the energy development that Canada must have. We must have pipelines in Canada going to the east, going to the west, arguably going to the north. We must have LNG development in British Columbia or Alberta's gas is going to be stranded. So I am optimistic and I'm seeing evidence, I'm seeing evidence actually every week that the senators, when they're speaking, because we all speak from time to time various places, are understanding and expressing clearly that Canada's prosperity depends on Alberta. We're not the enemy. We're not, you know, the the wealthy uncle in the attic. We are the engine of Canada's prosperity, and I need my colleagues to be proponents of that, and I'm happy to tell you that I've made some real progress on that. I feel good about that. So I'm continuing with that. I am doing a national speaking tour the first six months of uh, next year across Canada talking to business groups, Aboriginal groups, school groups, basically whoever will listen about what this means and what we can do, what you know, we can do in Halifax or we can do in Regina to ensure that the prosperity that we have enjoyed is enjoyed by the generation below us, which simply ties into infrastructure development engagement of aboriginals and world-class environmental uh, capabilities around emissions and around safety issues and if we get that right your generation will enjoy what my generation has if we don't we're going to miss the bus and i'm telling you the bus is ready to leave the station Perfect. Um, last question, I promise. I keep on adding a last question. No, I don't here. listen. I, I welcome the opportunity to talk to you and your listeners. Now, um, the, the Senate is the has been described as the second sober thought yep. of uh, government. In 2015, will there, conti- will there still be a need for the second sober thought under this current government? I would say to you that there has likely never been such a need for sober second thought because things are so extraordinarily complicated now. The amount of legislation that comes before the House of Commons is a huge volume, b very, very complicated. I see on my committee work, I see uh, in 
a committee I substituted at this morning. Very, very interesting conversation that uh, only the Senate can take time on. In my finance committee, I'm leading conversations around what does Canada do with Bitcoin and virtual currency? This is an important innovation that I want to ensure Canada becomes a global leader in. But there are certain risks. The House of Commons just doesn't have the time to worry about that kind of thing. In the uh, Senate uh, Energy Committee on which I sit, I'm asking questions about cyber risks to the energy infrastructure of Canada. I'm asking questions about the possibility of a Polar Express corridor for... uh, infrastructure across Canada. And the House of Commons is just not built to talk about these things and study them and take the time that's required. So I would say to you that the Senate is more important than ever and frankly is doing good work. Excellent, Senator. I want to thank you very much for this. Greatly appreciate it. Um, If I do have any follow-up questions or if I just need some clarifications, do you mind if I give your office a call? Oh, I would welcome. Listen, I really appreciate the opportunity of talking with you. Anytime you want to call, you just give me a ring. Perfect. Well, Senator Black, thank you very much. You bet. Have a happy holiday. Happy holiday to yourself. Thanks, and Chris. Bye. See you. Bye-bye. So with that, we conclude the cross-border interviews flashback week. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed putting these together, reliving 2014 in a way that I didn't think I would be able to, but here we are. But I've also enjoyed presenting these to you. I've enjoyed making these available for you to listen to. I hope you're getting something out of it. The feedback we're getting is both positive and negative. You can't pick and choose. So later on this month, maybe even in May, we will be putting together an episode just dedicated to the feedback we've received. So if you haven't already, give us a feedback. Give us a feedback on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you want to give us feedback, give us feedback. We will be reading those live. And I do want to say we have some great uh, interviews coming up this month. We are back on April 11th with an amazing guest. And uh, after that, we will be mixing it up a bit. So with everything going on in the world with coronavirus and COVID-19, we are going to be trying something different here. So we are going to be doing some Facebook Live interviews and we will be converting those into podcasts. So check that out. We do have one coming up probably at the middle of April. So if you want, check it out and we will be happy, happy to answer some of your questions live on Facebook as well. Uh, check us, uh, just keep up, keep in touch on Facebook and Instagram and we will release some more dates when we have nailed it down with our guest, which is an amazing guest, just to be honest. So with that, just a reminder, stay safe, keep chatting, and this is the Cross Border Interviews Flashback Week coming to an end. 